Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the Parenting Podcast. Hey guys, we're so excited to talk to you today. We've got some great info. Oh, I think this one is crucial. Uh, Five signs you might be a fear-based parent. Nobody wants to be that. But unfortunately, inside, if we're really honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. some of these things can creep in, can't they? Yeah. I mean, for sure. If we were realistic about the world around us today and we didn't have fear at any point, I would even question if we were human. So the reality is, is we've struggled with fear at different times, yeah, right? absolutely. And we've thought about that. But then what you do with that fear is what's important, though, recognizing that maybe if you're fearing man or you're fearing circumstances of the world, you're not fearing God yeah, and different things like that. And, and it's so interesting. Often what you think is the right thing to do or what we naturally do, which is be concerned about the world we're launching our kids into, yeah. is the opposite of real wisdom when we're really close to God and we're fearing God only. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so when when we in our humanity, if we're ever walking in our flesh and we start struggling with something that we're fearing, we need to ask ourselves the question, oh, have I been in the word? Am I choosing to walk in the spirit? Amen. And am I tr- truly trusting God? Yeah. Amen. Right? Well, welcome. That's a little intro into what we're about to talk about. But first of all, the One Million Legacy Movement is going. We're so excited about season two this year. Last year, full year of podcasting, and uh, this is the second episode of season two, and it's going to be an incredible year. We're Mm -hmm. so encouraged that you're along the ride with us. Mm -hmm. If you're listening in, wherever you are, um, we'd love a review or a rating. uh, Share it on social media. Share Mm CourageousParenting.com. By the way, all the show notes, lots of resources resources at CourageousParenting.com if you have podcast, all the show notes, scriptures, resources we mentioned, video of the episode, audio too. Uh, It's great. And you guys know if you've been listening for very long, maybe you're a new listener. And if you are, you know, Isaac and I, we have gotten to this place in, I I guess, in our spiritual maturity and in our parenting where we're kind of like, hey, if we can't share that, why is that? Oh, maybe because of pride. Oh, then let's share it. And so we're pretty mm-hmm. transparent. We share a lot of stories about things that we've experienced in our family in the last 20 years Yeah, because we've been parenting. We got pregnant with Kelsey like four months after we got married. So she's almost 20. Yeah, She'll be 20 in the summer. And um, we know from firsthand experience, having been blessed with many mentors in our life over the course of the last 20 years, that we wouldn't be who we are today if those people were were not humble in sharing their mistakes and sharing their experiences, the good and the bad. And so we thought in this podcast that it would it would benefit you most if we were just transparent and open with you guys and letting you see a part of our life or we're sharing a part of our life. So in the previous podcast, we've even interviewed some of our kids. Yeah, so so true. And something else you should know if you didn't already. This podcast is a little unique in another way. It's mm. raw and real. No, I'm talking no edits in the <laughs> <middle>. <laughs> That's true. It, it, literally, yeah. if you were 
sitting on the other side, you would get mm-hmm. the exact same episode as you're listening to right now because um, our son Austin does a fabulous job. Uh, he has this business editing podcast. Mm-hmm. He's and 16. He does a great job mm-hmm. and he does all that work. And I've directed him from the beginning, never edit the middle. There's only been one edit when I was sick and I was coughing for a little while. So he did, oh, yeah. he did cut that out, but right. that's the only cut I ever made. So um, we really think that's cool. Because we just want to give you the raw truth of what we're talking about. and Yeah, so you guys just get to be a part of our conversation as if we were sitting and having coffee with you guys. I mean, today I have my water. If you're watching <laughs> YouTube, I don't have coffee. But um, I think that it's really important that um, you know our heart in this. So when we started Courageous Parenting, I just think it Go might be it. fun to share a little bit. When we started Courageous Parenting, I'm just going to be honest. Because we're talking about five signs you might be a fear-based parent. And we talked, one of the things that we've talked a lot about over the years is, you know, are our kids going to find spouses one day? Mm. Or, um, how, you know, praying, all those years praying for a good friend for each of our kids. Yeah. I don't know if you've struggled with that. If you have a kid that just, there's just no kids that are even near their age that you would want them to be spending a or lot of time with. how are we going to find a church that really, you know, yeah. we can dig deep with? And, and these are all just real struggles. When you're mm-hmm. parenting biblically, sometimes you can feel like you're swimming upstream, like you're the only one. And... When we went into ministry together, even though I had been doing Courageous Mom for a long time and was very encouraged by many of you guys, many of you guys have been um, following along the journey of Courageous Mom for a decade, and that's awesome. I'm so encouraged by you. But for a long time, like Isaac and I would have these conversations, Mm -hmm. and I have to say, since starting the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program and seeing other families truly wanting to invest in biblical discipline and to be linking arms encouraging one another, running the race together. It's been such an encouragement to me because I'm like, okay, there's hope in the world. (laughs) Like there are parents that are truly like, I don't care what the secular society is saying about this or that. We're going to raise our kids in biblical gender roles, for example. Don't you love getting those text messages from people in the program? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so encouraging. It's challenging. I mean, it makes us think about things that maybe we didn't even think about sometimes. Some of the questions that we get through the text messaging. These are smart people. But I just have to say that like this courageous parenting journey, it's not that we were, yes, we've been parenting biblically. Yes, we've had to make a lot of hard decisions. Mm -hmm. We have not been perfect parents and we would never claim to be that. Um, there are many times that we've had to apologize to our kids and we've screwed up over and over again. But that's the whole point, right? Is that it takes courage to be willing to do that, to humble yourself before a child. Like, is there anything more humbling? Um, and then to do it online. Yeah. I mean, even more humbling, right? Uh, Well, just to, just to encourage you, we'll let you in on a little challenge we're dealing with right now. How's that sound? Sure. I don't know what you're going to talk about. We're having a challenge sleeping through the night and getting good rest. That's true. As parents. So Uh I'm 44 and you are? 40. And we, so we're not young bucks, but. Kid number seven and eight. Kid number seven and eight. So Uh, number eight is, how old is Eli? He's 15 months, almost 16 months old, and he's been getting all four molars. And so for the last like month, They've been the molars have been going up and down, up and down, and we we're doing everything. The they're copaiba, breaking through during the night, teething necklace, course, right? chamomile, yeah. And so it and then Solomon's getting scared, and you know there might be some manipulation in there. And yep, because he's four, a little <laughs> over four, and so that started hitting. So we're in the boot camp, the trenches, alongside a lot of you. Now, yes, we do have six older kids that are all almost over ten. Yeah, and so we know that this is a short season, and we have that perspective. But it's a good reminder for us because we get it like it's in these moments that i'm like oh yeah moms of littles they're very tired and there is kind of a fog sometimes where you can't get your words out quite 
clearly. Got to have a good vision for your parenting because sometimes people say, oh, it gets so much easier when you have older kids. And it's just different. It's just different. They want to stay up late and then the little ones want to get up early. So when you have both like we do, it's an exciting journey. Oh, yeah, because we're up till late in the night, either shooting podcasts or talking <laughs> to our teenagers that want to talk to us about things that they can't Which is talk awesome. about in front of the little kids. We love it. And so, then, yeah. Anyway. But let's dive in. That okay. was quite the intro. You got a little extra there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one's free. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, point number one, there's five signs. And so reflect on this. Honestly, always don't just fight for, oh, good, I didn't have that one. Oh, good, I didn't have that one. Yeah. If you do that too quickly, you might not be having an honest reflection, real introspection on what's real in you. So I would even pray right now, hey, God, reveal in me if any of these are true. Hmm. Because you can't improve unless you're honest with where you're at. And then I think I'd even take it, if it were me, what we tend to do. We take it a step further after we are, we're pretty introspective people, right? Otherwise we wouldn't have anything to teach. But we also go to each other and we ask each other, hey, is there anything that Mm -hmm. I need to improve on? And so if you're married to someone who is, um, and you're yoked biblically in that kind of way, it could be a really eye-opening experience for you. And if you're not, it can actually be a really eye-opening experience in a different kind of way that can actually be an opportunity to share the light. And I'm just bringing that up because I get a lot of moms who are like, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm married to an unbeliever. I would even say like, if you went to him and you're like, yeah, I really want to be, this is the way I want to be living. Mm -hmm. And you just share with him like your vision for how you want to be a a biblical wife and mom and ask him how you're doing. It's not like you're preaching to him yeah. and he might go, whoa, my wife. Wow. Right? By the way, if any husbands are resistant because they think it's just a, a woman's podcast. Oh, courageous um, parenting. Courageous parenting. Yeah. You can always um, have him Google Isaac Tolpin. Uh, IsaacTolpin.com is my business site and that might just help or Resolute Man and yeah. you can see us and at CourageousParenting.com uh, yeah. because this is not a woman's podcast. No, this is a parenting as a team biblically together because we're one. Yeah, right? absolutely. And All so, right. So we should really one. get into I know. One. You guys are dying here, right? Five signs you might be a fear-based parent. What's number one? You don't fear God, but you do fear man and circumstances. Mm. And we're going to flip first to Joshua 1.9. This is actually one of the verses that I built Courageous Mom on this verse mm-hmm. because it wasn't like... I a, love this verse. I, I wasn't a courageous mom, but I knew I needed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. It says, have I not commanded you? Okay, did you hear that? God's commanding something here. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe God is with you wherever you go? And your instant reaction might be yes. Well, if you analyze how you go through the day, the week, and the month, Mm -hmm. are you really acting that out in your life? A real trust in God, that God has got this Mm -hmm. as long as we are in strong faith and with him and walking along that path. And so what does it look like, Angie, um, when, you know, you're you're, um, fearing man? What is that? Not you personally, maybe, but well, what maybe does it look you make like? your lifestyle choices or decisions that have to do with your parenting based upon um, peer pressure. Um, there's something that I have written about for many years called parental peer pressure, mm-hmm. where like let's just use um, sleepovers or get-togethers as an example, where maybe your kid comes to you and they're like, "Oh, I want to have so and so over for the night," and they ask you in front of the other parent and the other kid, and you're feeling this parental peer pressure, right? Because you're going to be the bad guy if you say no, or the good guy if you say yes. And so um, maybe you feel this immense pressure to make decisions on that kind of stuff 
because of those kinds of situations. Same thing could be for any other lifestyle, whether you're homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, Mm -hmm. um, maybe doing a mix of them. Um, A lot of people, you can tell someone who fears man when they are justifying why they do something or constantly feeling the need to defend why they do something. For me, one of the the things that I came down to was if I am truly doing it only for the Lord. Mm-hmm. That means I fear him and I'm only doing it for the Lord. Then I'm not going to feel like I need to defend myself to anyone. Yeah. If I feel like I have to defend myself and my decision to other people, and I'm not saying that you don't if someone asks you, but if you are just like outrightly going after it because you're like afraid of what other people think and so forth, then maybe you're fearing man. People yeah. pleasing. I, I struggled yeah. with that for a very long time, right? You, let me ask you a question. Do you... Um, stand for your convictions and what you believe and then act upon them in your life. Because mm-hmm. if you can't stand for your convictions, then you aren't living in freedom. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of reminds me of that old saying, that old adage. I don't know who said it, but if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. That's a quote by somebody for sure. It's a good one. My great grandma just used to say it all the time because yeah. she was like, you guys need to know what you believe and why. And then, you know, there's the scriptures that talk about having an answer for anything that you believe when mm-hmm. someone asks you. And I think that that's um, part of that comes back to why you're doing what you're doing. Is it a personal conviction or were you peer pressured into doing that thing? And a lot of it has to do with the culture or community you're a part of, right? So like yeah. there was a time where we were part of a very large homeschooling community. And so no one really went there that did public school, right? And there was this peer pressure to do that. And I think that, you know, when um, leaders in the homeschooling movement started to fall to sin, for example, and people stopped homeschooling, that really revealed who they were following, mm. right? And it wasn't that there was like a strong conviction to just to do what they felt God was calling them to do. They were following man, which that's another aspect that really reveals if we fear God or fear man, are we doing what we're doing because of man or are we doing what we're doing because of God? Yeah. So Yeah, we should, our faith and our walk with God should never be changed because some human changed. Right. I mean, we can inspire people to to you know that like we follow. yeah exactly and we can we can make choices like after doing pros and cons lists and all that kind of stuff but we should never just go oh i just trust that person i'm just going to do what they do like no we just that's how we should feel about the bible alone actually yeah. and i think that's why god put us in marriage too is that i know that for myself because i'm a people pleaser and i want to do what's right sometimes i especially when i was a younger mom i would be more apt to just follow a mom that was a little bit more seasoned down the road. I'd look at the fruit in her life and go, Mm -hmm. oh, I want my kids to be like that. And you Mm -hmm. would always go, hold on a minute. And you'd ask me the sharp questions and go, is this something we're supposed to do though? And and it made me really own it, Mm -hmm. not just follow. And I think that that's important with whatever you're doing. Oh, it's so important. In Proverbs 14, 26, it says, in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. So we are mm. to fear God. So fearing God is about really understanding who God is and his relationship to us. Yeah. He's our creator. Right. What else about God? Well, he has the power to flood the earth. Though he says he's never going to do that again, he also threw fireballs from the heavenlies down on Sodom and Gomorrah. So respect, like he's a powerful God. So a respect for his power over our life. And he's the one that, I mean, really? 
God, the triune God, we've got Father in heaven, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. We are going to have a judgment day. We all know that. And so there should be, it says to walk out your faith with fear and trembling, right? So we should actually, there is an aspect of fear where fear is on reverence, like you're talking about, but then there's also fear is fear. (laughs) But you might be saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm strong with God. I'm walking with God. Well, are you repenting of your sin? Okay. Now, are you understanding that even the fruitful get pruned? Right. And okay, you said something that's super, super important that I don't want to just gloss over because I think it's a really deep concept. But when you said, are you repenting? I mean, truthfully, if we understand what sin does in our relationships with people Mm -hmm. and God, that it separates us from being fully in deep fellowship with one another. If we understand that concept, then there will be an element of responsibility and even like a healthy fear of like, no, I don't want to be separated from God. I want to be close to him. That means I need to confess my sin and repent, which means to turn from it and not do it again. Yes. Right? And so if we're not able to do that, there's an element of not fully understanding the causation of sin. Yeah. Right? And when it comes to fearing God and fearing man, a lot of times people don't confess their sins because they have fear of man. And here's what happens. It's really about obedience. Are we more inclined to obey man or obey God? Totally. And so if we're, the more we have a fear for God and desire therefore because Mm -hmm. of who he is in a real way in relation to us to obey him, the less we're ever going to fear man. Right. And obey something that's not godly. Exactly. And it's, there are a lot of things that are disguised, actually. And we don't even really know the full ramifications of them all because we make so many decisions in our parenting, right? That it literally, we could pick one topic and go off on it for another whole podcast. But if just, just know, if you look like the world, you probably are not fearing God. And you're probably swayed by the culture, even even the nominal culture of some churches. Yeah. And God did not give us like a fear that's going to make us be so consumed by just fear of him. Like that's not what we're talking about, right? There's also the element of love. Um, But understanding that um, we, and that's why we're doing this, right? We don't want you to be fear-based parents because if you're fear-based parents, then your children might actually feel less loved, actually, because you're most operating in love when you're not consumed by fear. And when you're making decisions in fear of the world, fear of people, caring too much about what people think that maybe aren't the most godly to have Mm -hmm. the fruit you want, Mm -hmm. uh, or organizations. Here's a perfect example I have to just share. And it's very simple. It's regarding caring too much about how your family appears to people, right? Uh And you go out into public and you're concerned that they they have clean clothes on, that they have matching socks, they have the cutest coat, their hair's done, their teeth are brushed. I mean, imagine if I went to every single one of my kids and I made sure all eight of them did all of these things before we went to the grocery store, right? Just because I cared so much about appearance. And because I was spending all that time micromanaging things, I'm not spending as much time in the word. So my attitude, and we know that how much time we spend in the word directly affects our attitude and the atmosphere of our home So here I am fearing what other people think, and it has a direct impact, negative impact on the atmosphere in my home, right? Whereas if I just feared God and I had that intimate relationship with him, and that was my biggest concern because I didn't even care about man, 
or appearances or anything like that because I no. know that they can only see what's on the outside and not what's in the heart and God doesn't care about what's on yeah. the outside. If my focus is totally there, then what's going to happen to my relationship with my kids? Right. I'm not going to be micromanaging them. They're going to feel more love because I'm going to be more loving because I spent time in the word. That's right. It's a direct correlation. So before we go to two, um, the way we do all of this free content, about the 10 plus hours it takes mm-hmm. to, for the podcast to go together, the expenses, all the other things with the ministry, uh, we have uh, things that people can buy that benefit them. One oh, of yeah. those is the Parenting Mentor Program. It's the six-week self-paced uh, parenting mentor program where there's some live mm-hmm. interaction with us as well and yeah. other people have already gone through it and are going through it with them but the cool thing is you always have access to the dashboard and yep. all the information uh i'm going to s- say a little more about it but uh you can go to courageousparenting.com to find out all you want about it and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool i do want to say though we hardly ever say this you can find a lot of cool stuff at courageousmom.com too um Aww. there's like the postpartum course and yeah. it's really really powerful for people yeah. And we have the Courageous Mom Bible Study and the Biblical Friendship Online Bible Study And Redeeming too. Child Birth Book and lots, lots of interesting yeah. things. And just know that all of that stuff supports the mission for One yep. Million Legacies and supports our family as yeah. we do the full-time ministry. And while you're mentioning that, I might also mention that um, I'm now doing the Young Living side of the business. Yeah, Because I've awesome. been doing using essential oils and just clean products for a long time with our family. And it's been fun to be able to mentor other moms and how to do that. So if that's something you're interested in, you can find out about that at my website too. I'm getting your weekly mom hacks that you give them all that's pretty cool people are loving that so anyways let's go back into it but point number two you fear the day your child leaves the home Mm. i know so how many of you guys have struggled with the thought of your kids moving out or going to college and not just because you're attached to them but you're like whoa that's a scary world right okay i'm just gonna say it i'm not gonna say who but there's There are people who will try to instill a fear and say, if your kids go to college, they're going to lose their faith. I have literally heard that preached from a pulpit. And I would say that it's a very, um, I, I know that it does happen. And I think that it is dependent upon many different factors. I think to just flat out say that or to even put a high statistic on it is, um, not, not fair, not wise, not true, actually, in the sense. Um, I think that we should not be making our decisions based upon that. I think that it depends on your child and their spiritual maturity and a well, whole bunch of other things. Well, it's an indicator, too. Is it college's fault? No, for sure. Colleges, a lot of colleges are super liberal. Lots of bad things happen, lots of pressure and so forth. But is it really the college's fault or is it the parenting the upbringing. challenge? The upbringing, the upbringing. And, and their what that their kids actually know what they believe and why and willing they have a personal to faith stand with for God. truth. Yeah, they have a personal relationship. They have a personal conviction that's going to help them to say no because the reality is, is your kid's going to launch into this world, and it doesn't matter if it's college or work. They're going to experience temptation. They're going to be asked. Bad, in my opinion. Yeah, they're going to be invited to parties. They're going to be. There are that just happens in the world of young people, period. And let's just be honest the corruption that's at college is on the phones that your kids will eventually have, which is on the phones that that seven and eight year olds actually have. So it's not a college problem, it's it's a cultural problem. If we're not preparing our kids Mm -hmm. through equipping confident Christian kids for an uncertain world, which means you have to try to prepare them for stuff that you're not aware of. It's uncertain what technology is going to be like in 10 years. And so 
Now, that doesn't mean that Isaac and I are saying that we have this like supernatural, like insider knowledge of what technology is going to be like in 10 years. Yeah. Right. But we do have the word of God and we we know for sure that if your kids love the Lord and they know his word and they are meditating on it day and night because you've helped them to grow in spiritual maturity and spiritual disciplines. They're discipled. They didn't just accept the Lord, although that's awesome. And it's a miracle what God does when someone accepts the Lord. Yeah. But they've been truly discipled. That's the purpose of courageous parenting, Mm -hmm. to teach and equip you and everybody out there, a million families, to actually disciple their kids so they launch ready to stand against the negatives of the culture for the purpose of impacting people for the kingdom of God. Let's just say it, it actually doesn't even matter what the temptation is because God's word says that he has given us all we need to be able to withstand any temptation. We actually have a scripture on that for you guys um, eventually here. But I do want to say before we move on to that, that if we're fearing the day that our kids leave the home, then, and we're making our decisions based upon that fear, we could be potentially holding our kids back from the purpose that God has for them. Do you realize that you can think about your own life? Often the things we fear, we actually tend to encourage accidentally. Sometimes yeah. when you're more controlling of your kids, especially as they get older in the teenage mm-hmm. years, it backfires Mm-hmm. If you haven't gradually been mm-hmm. getting them into the world as they get older yeah. with your supervision. That's true. Now, so some of you might be thinking, you're like, wait a second. I thought that the Tolpins, like, don't they homeschool through high school and when the teenage years? And yeah, we do. But we it's believe. Not based on fear. It's not based on fear. It's based on better education. Yeah. And. Well, and a few other things. I mean, recognizing that there is an indoctrination that happens. So on the topic of college, you would want to evaluate a college and go, okay, is this a smart place for me to go? Or do they believe everything that's the complete opposite of me? Right. And am I setting myself up for failure if they can I just, just go listen to the 11 reasons why we homeschool yeah, if yeah, they're yeah. interested in okay. that? Okay. Yeah. So, but in Matthew 5 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Mm-hmm. It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and mm-hmm. cannot be hidden. So, we want to train up our kids to be salty while they're in our home. Right. How do you train them to be salty if they're unaware of the world? And you're likely not to equip them for the world if you're scared about the world. Yeah. You tend to isolate. Well, and the whole point of this is number two, do you fear the day your child leaves the home? Like you they have to they have to launch. Yeah. At some point. That's what we're saying. Like when they get to a place where God is calling them out. I mean, that's where the whole empty nester terminology And how much comes more from. excited are you going to be today to equip them if you're excited about them right. launching? They if you're fearful, If you're fearful about them launching, you don't tend to do the right things mm-hmm. today. No. You know what's interesting? This actually reminds me of a lot of people when we first sent Kelsey off to college. She's been at college for two years now. And we may or may not send other kids to college. Yeah, it's that's not totally like we're pushing will. college on our kids. We are not. We don't know what God's will is for their lives. We're just right? letting that happen. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, yeah, we just take it one kid at a time. Right now she's at college and it's going really well. But people were asking me like, oh, were you so scared to send her off? Or no. do you miss her so much? And yeah, miss I do her. miss her, but it felt right because she was ready. 
Like on a spiritual sense, there was no fear in me at all because I knew she knew what she believed. And I have to say that's part of why we do this ministry is because I want you guys to have the exact same confidence that I had as a mom, knowing that whatever she walks through, God goes with her because she's she's seeking him. Yeah, it was all the little things from age one on that made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And really God in her. (sighs) That's so so cool. So um, we have Psalms here. Uh, where are we? Psalms 127 and verse one through four. Oh, thanks, honey. Yep. If you're seeing the video, she helped flip the page. It's right, right here. Right there. Okay. So unless the Lord builds the house, the labor they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is It is the vain for you to rise up early, to mm-hmm. sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sheep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Okay, there's the point right there. Okay. But I think that it's important because how many of us are like laboring, laboring, laboring? Like yeah. we have a lot of listeners who have little kids in the home. They don't have college-age kids necessarily, yeah. right? And so it would be easy for them to be like, working really hard to raise their kids up in the Lord, discipling them, and then they get to the stage where they have an unreasonable fear yep. for their kids launching. And that's actually just not from God. Yeah. We that I think that I just need to say that. Yeah. It's not Amen. from the Lord. And I think that we need to give that back to God. It's a sanctifying aspect of motherhood, maybe even fatherhood. Yeah. Um, I seem to struggle with that more than you do as far as like trusting other people with our children and different things like that. And so that's just a sanctifying part is really that I'm trusting God to have my kids back and to realize that I can work and work and work, but if I'm not doing it as unto the Lord, I'm laboring in vain. And so I know that I have not labored in vain if I've been seeking him and how I've been raising my kids and I need to trust his promises. If I've been obedient to him, I need to trust his promises, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So we have Philippians four, six here also, which says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, what's so cool. If you know that scripture, if you love that scripture, if you look at Mm -hmm. it repeatedly, guess what you're going to tend to do? You're going to teach that scripture to your kids. It's a trickle down effect. If you fear the world, your kids will feel the world. world. And how can they be arrows that go and impact it Mm -hmm. if they fear the world? The same goes for like socially awkwardness, right? Like if your kids are socially awkward, it's usually because they've been raised by a parent that's socially awkward or hasn't allowed them to experience the world to a certain degree and taught them specifically how to be in the world Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to be in it, but not of it. And I think that that's a really important, like I think that's actually one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle with the thought of sending their kids out because they know they've protected them. They've done this good job at protecting them, but maybe they haven't prepared them enough. And they might be right. Yeah. That they're not ready for the So world. this is a call for you guys to right now be doing two things, preparing them to leave the home with that perspective of right now you're in a preparing and in season. Yep. And number two, preparing your heart for letting them go. And then that was actually a huge secret from like that I did from the time Kelsey was little, I was able yeah. to, I knew she was an academic mind. I knew 
that God was going to take yep. her to college. And so I had to prepare my heart back when she was two years old to be letting her go to college when she was 16, You could see 17. God's call in her life that she totally. loved learning and loved academics. Yeah. And whatever it was, I knew I was going to have to let her go eventually. Yeah. So you have to start, some of us have to start years ahead. I had to start decades ahead before letting her go. By the way, you must surrender your path to Amen. God's path for your kids. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously, we are often pushing our path, especially you dads, like, oh, take over the company someday, or hey, do what I did. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with apprenticing your sons and daughters and so forth and teaching them things, but don't just assume they're gonna follow exactly what you did. That is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, so we were talking to you guys about how God will give us sometimes more than we can handle and but that he walks through it with us and we want to read that scripture to you guys but it's in context of this number three you don't here's here's the next sign that you might be a fear-based parent that you don't let your teenagers or kids make and learn from their mistakes and what we mean by that on the learning side is you let them experience the natural consequences of their mistakes or their sin because mistakes and sin are two separate things. And if you're constantly picking up the pieces, helicopter parents, then they're not actually learning and they're, and they need people. Yeah. People are wired kind of the same way in the sense that we all need to feel a little bit of pain to be motivated not to do something. Can again. I say the most independent, strong minded kids? Um, they need to learn from their mistakes the yes. most. And if you Amen. helicopter parent them, they might just go off the deep end later. Right. So this is the thing. If you're helicopter parenting, then your kids might not ever make mistakes. And then you might go, oh, we have, we don't have that problem. And then you become judgmental of other parents who maybe are a little bit laissez-faire, right? A little bit hands off and their kids are falling and they're getting hurt and they're crying. And you're like, oh, that parent, you might be struggling. Well, I just have to say like, do your kids know how to get back up again Brush when they off. fall? Yeah. Do they know how to have compassion for other people? Yeah. Or, or, and it stems from you. And so we need to let our kids make mistakes we need to give them room to actually, like, we need to be honest with ourselves, take the rose tinted glasses off, recognize their yeah. sin, acknowledge it without making them feel super, super bad, but go, this is not good, pal. You could end up raising entitled kids, which is another podcast just on that. Yeah. But if you're protecting them, they may have too rosy of a view of themselves and mm -hmm. not really understand that they're sinful. And if they don't understand that they're sinful, there's no need for Jesus Okay, so I just have to say something because I've known a couple helicopter moms that have come to me. Um, I, I didn't know them when they were parenting their younger children, but they've come to me as older people through social media and just said, hey, I was a helicopter mom and it was so it's it's been the worst thing for my kids as teenagers because now they're making the mistakes and they're far bigger because they didn't learn the little mistakes and they don't want wisdom from you. No. And because so you're not an authority in their I, life. Take anymore. it from this is a warning, okay? But first Corinthians ten thirteen says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with those with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So there's a couple things here. First of all, God does give us more than we can handle. Otherwise, what would we need the Holy Spirit for to do more than we can handle? 
We need the Holy Spirit. We can do more than our flesh can handle right. and through I think God. The point here, though, is that a lot of people go, I can't handle this, but they don't understand the That's power the of God. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some really serious temptations out there and people fall, but the people that are not able to withstand those are usually not relying on God. So just never believe the myth that things will just happen to my kids that they can't escape from. Now, bad things can happen to people. Totally. But not in their own choice unless they choose it. Like like right. I'm talking about sin, things yes, like that. Yes. So like college, back to the college thing, or you launch them into the world. Most of those bad things, they're going to either choose to do or not do. They're either going to stand for righteousness or they're going to fall into worldliness. Right. And it's based- And we reap what we sow. Yeah. And I, I think that there's an element of responsibility there um, and, and honesty with ourselves and coming down to the realization that whatever we walk through in life, that God is there with us. Yeah. He is. That's what this promises. says, but with the temptation, so with the temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what's interesting that you may be able to bear it doesn't mean that you're not going to actually experience it all the way through. A lot of people expect to be delivered from all kinds of things all the time. And God does choose to deliver his people. We see it over and over again throughout scripture. He heals people. He delivers the the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. Our God does do that sometimes, but sometimes he also delivers us in something and through something and we have to walk all the way through it right and sometimes he delivers us from it and so we need to actually teach these kinds of biblical principles to our kids so that they're prepared because the reality is they're going to get tempted and they're going to have life trials now this is a balanced approach Mm -hmm. we're not saying just throw your kids out to the wolves no we're not saying try to conjure up challenges for them or expose them to too much and awaken things early on you are the god authorized leaders of your Mm -hmm. kids and you decide what they're ready for and when and so forth but what we're saying is it's a balanced approach you don't want to be an isolationist but you don't want to just throw them out there and not um, provide the protection and care either yeah that's right so Number four, you continue to control their life in the teenage years. So this is the fourth sign that you might be a fear-based The key word is control. So that's like a micromanaging sense when you always want to be an influence. Mm -hmm. But if you're still controlling everything in their teenage years, Mm -hmm. that is a huge mistake. Why is that a mistake, honey? Well, then they don't actually ever learn to take responsibility and make choices. I think that we as parents need to realize that that is the aspect that's sanctifying for us to step back and let them be an autonomous person in that sense and to be reaping and sowing just as we had to do that at some point in our life, right? And when we prevent that from happening, I mean, we've got tons of like men that act like boys, right? And you've got tons of women who actually act like girls or they 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 actually don't want the responsibility of being a woman and so they scream oh i want to be a girl through saying i don't want this responsibility and we need to nourish their independence while they're still in your home while you're influencing them meaning Mm -hmm. if you're making their decisions how are they make learning how to make important Mm -hmm. decisions now they should come to you you should give them counsel but ultimately they should make their own decisions so you change from directing to asking 
questions. Mm-hmm. It's the coach approach in the teenage years, and you have to mm-hmm. transfer from you know teaching, teaching training, training to and mentoring yeah. and encouraging yeah. and yeah. being a listening ear. I think a lot of parents, wisdom. A lot of parents don't see that there's a need for a transition, and then that's why they experience teenagers rebelling a lot. Yeah. Is because they are wanting to have respect. They want to be viewed as an adult. They're in the awkward. They call them the awkward teenage years for a reason, right? Because they're moving into adulthood. They don't yet think like an adult fully because they haven't had the experiences that an adult has had to understand fully reaping and sowing. So if you just have but, if you just have younger kids right now, you might be wondering, is this important? It absolutely is because there's a point in the future where there's a transition mm-hmm. needed earlier than you're probably going to act on it. And then you're going to realize a little too late. That's usually mm-hmm. what parents do. That's okay. But by what you do leading up to that transition point will determine if they want to get your wisdom. I was just going to say, I mean, this is the uh, the first 14 years of their life, 13 years of their life will determine on if they even want you to be a mentor in their life, right? Like I go and I meet with the girls yeah. every Saturday and it, I can't even imagine like they're 15 and almost 20. They don't, they know they don't have to go with me, but they love going with me. Yeah. It's because we've built a relationship where they want me to Amen. speak into their life. Yeah. And I think every parent wants that. They want their kids to want it. Yeah. Right. Amen. Proverbs uh, nineteen twenty one says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. And so the Lord is always there. His plans are what matter. Well, and we that's the whole point of this number four is if you're making decisions out of fear and you're controlling your kids, you might be preventing their kids from actually your kids from going to the Lord and doing what the Lord's will is for them. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you want your kids to fulfill your will for their life or God's will for their life? Because- yeah. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself that question over and over and over again as a parent. You have to relinquish that up to the Lord and go, they're gods. Now, can your kids be fruitful in the in a spiritual sense while they're still in your home? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at John 15, I'm not going to go there right now, but you can, what I referenced earlier is God prunes the fruitful. And if you don't allow that pruning to happen and you're there helping them and all those things, and you're micromanaging, mm-hmm. controlling them in their teenage years then you're not letting potentially God teach them the lessons that he wants them to learn in that pruning process. Well, let's talk about the fifth sign. This is the final sign that you might be a fear-based parent. Are you ready, Isaac? It is. You do not disciple your kids. Oh, so here's the key. If the more you disciple your kids and prepare your kids biblically, the more they understand with a biblical point of view the issues of the world and what's going on, the stronger confidence you have and excitement about launching your kids. Now, the Mm -hmm. opposite of that is if you're not reading the word to them, if you're not discipling them, Mm -hmm. if they're very unaware of what's going on in the world at the appropriate ages, Mm -hmm. then you're probably very fearful and have an anxiety. And you might feel that right now. You might go, wow, I haven't done what I need to do. But the encouragement is it's never too late. That's right. And I think that the point here is that this is the sign that will, I think this is probably the most important, the most important of all of them. And the reason why I say that is because if you have kids that are five or six years old right now and you are not discipling them, chances are you will be a fear-based parent when they're a teenager. I'm just that I I, I just need to say that. And if you're a parent of teenagers right now and you're struggling with being a fear based parent, 
then that reflects on how much you believe there is spiritual maturity in your child, that you can trust them to make wise decisions, that you can trust them to stand against the temptations of the world. And if you can't do those two things, it's because there's a lack of spiritual maturity. Now, listen, that does not mean it's your fault. If you've been discipling your kids and you've been doing everything and they are not walking with the Lord, they have not received the Lord, it's not your responsibility to save your kids. You can't save your kids. That is a work that the Holy Spirit does in their heart. So you need to lay that down at the altar of the Lord. And there is a chance that they lost from your home as not a believer. That's right. I mean, the reality is, is you can you can be parenting biblically, and if if their journey is that that they haven't received the Lord, because that can happen, mm-hmm. you're gonna be called into this new position as a parent that can actually be very sanctifying and growth and life-giving for you because you're going to have to pray like like you've never prayed before because you have no control over that, right? That's the one thing that I've been learning more and more in parenting is that most of your parenting is done on your knees. And I so appreciate friends that I have out there that are such strong um, interceding mothers because it – it's such a role model for me to mm. be constantly taking things back to the Lord. But this is a very introspective question. Do you disciple your kids? And do you have a fear of them going out in the world? Because those two are just intertwined. Mm. They are completely intertwined because if you've done everything that you can do and then you lay it before the Lord, you can be walking a peace. That doesn't mean that you're you're never going to be fearful for your child. That doesn't mean you're never going to feel the need to be crying out to God for them. No way. I mean, even with kids that do follow the Lord, when your kids walk through trialing thing, trials and hardships and suffering and pain, parents are led to their knees for their kids, right? Yeah. Because we can't take that away from them. But you guys, this is the part that where we get to experience a new aspect of relationship with God. Yeah. Right. And it's in those valleys that we experience the most growth. So I know you have a final scripture for us um, uh, right here in mm-hmm. Proverbs 22, 6. If you've been loving this, we'd love it if you'd share it. Also at CourageousParenting.com, you can get the free workshop. Mm-hmm. It's about 30 minutes. People are raving about it. Mm-hmm. A couple thousand Parents have gone through it. We keep getting, every day we get awesome comments about how helpful it was. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. It will show you inside the dashboard of the Parenting Mentor Program at the very end. If you're interested in that, you can hang on to the workshop a little longer and, mm-hmm. and look at that. Um, but other than that, we just love giving you that free content. Okay, so we're going to end with Proverbs 22.6, which says, To train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this is something that we can bank on. This is a promise. It's in Scripture. It's in Proverbs 21. But this is actually also a warning in my mind. I look Mm -hmm. at this, and this is a matter of sowing and reaping. So we're out there praying for you guys, and we're praying that you're sowing good fruit, that you will reap a bounty, and that your legacy, you will look back, and you will just be like praising God for the legacy that he's allowed you to witness in your life. Let's take it one day at a time and trust God and obey God with our lives and repent of any areas we need to Mm -hmm. and move forward in confidence and in strength and excitement about the future and fear of the Lord that God has great plans for you and your kids. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. 
Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.